But oh, it's more, kind of my thing of like, I feel like this is now the new permanent status quo for the Fantastic Four. I'm not now necessarily sure they are bringing them back. I think they might just split up the characters and scatter them to the winds. Hey, if that leads us to a Ben Grimm uh, team-up series again, that would be fine. Oh, two-in-one? I would be fine with that, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, with Johnny Storm, he's going to maybe be a new mainstay in the Silk series because it's either issue four or five that covers them on a date. Wait, Johnny and Silk are dating? Yep. I wanted to date Johnny. Welcome to Multiversal Q, or Multiversal Questions, if you're nasty. I'm Devin. If you're nasty. I'm Devin. I'm Luke. And this is Multiversal Questions, which we already went over. Now you've ruined everything. Everything is ruined forever. <laughs> Everything's ruined. Your phone screwed everything up. But you know what it didn't screw up? We are now on Twitter, the interwebs, Stitcher. Oh, technically I think I have like a fake Facebook page now because I had to teach that in a class today. Oh, you made a Facebook page for us? Yeah, that I didn't like really fill out very well. So I have to probably fill it out better, so... We're on Facebook, everyone! <laughs> Look for us. I don't think there's any information about what we are or a profile picture. Did you make it like a person or is it a That's page? a page that I'm... In charge of. I'm friends with the church and two Power Rangers. That's cool. Just the concept of there being Power Rangers, not an actual Power Rangers character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember when there were so many of those? Like I, I was friends with Murdoch Nichols for a while. The bass player of the Gorillas. Yeah, I was friends with Facebook friends with the cartoon animated character. But he's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, today we are going to be discussing something that I love, Exiles, because when you get to edit the... We're going to discuss... Dead Morlocks! Dead Morlocks! <laughs> <laughs> today we're going to discuss something that I love, Exiles, because when you edit the podcast and take care of all the other stuff, you get to talk about what you want to talk about once a cycle. You do it twice a cycle, but yes. Well, three times a cycle. Whatever. Cut this part out. I hate everything that we've done. <laughs> this is the worst show yet. No, because we're talking over each other less. It's true. Okay, but yeah, anyway, we're going to be talking about Exiles, which, if you guys don't know, it was a 100-issue series that lasted from the early 2000, 2001, for the next, like, about eight years. Yep. Claremont tried reviving it, I know, with oh. new Exiles. Oh. Don't mention that. New Exiles! New Exiles! Ah. And then Jeff Parker did a six-issue series before that got canceled. 2009. And, yeah, the first run uh, was mostly written by Judd Winnick, at least for, like, the third, first several issues, and then got dicey, and then he came back, and then some other decent writers were on. But uh, we're talking about the first two issues today that came out in August 2001 and then September 2001, which were written by Judd Winnick, Mike McCone did the pencils, Mark McKenna did the inks, and J.C. did the colors. J.C., as many of you may know, former member of NSYNC. Marvel fact, right there. I thought it was Gene Cray. Oh. Well, that's what J.C. probably stands for. No one actually knows. Just like J.C. Penny. It's true. 
Actually, I'm pretty sure those are also the same person. It's all part of that NSYNC. Only Justin Timberlake knows. And he keeps that pretty close to the chest. All right. Let's go over the team of exiles that we have, starting off Meat's first two issues. First one, Blink. Blink, many of you may know from watching X-Men Days of Future Past. She is from the Age of Apocalypse universe and can, has the power of teleportation. And she was raised in the Age of Apocalypse universe by Sabretooth. And it was actually during the end of Age of Apocalypse that she blinked out, only to reappear a while later in this series. Uh, let's see, the next person we got is... Morph. You left him behind, soldier boy! Now, you see, Morph, he's kind of, he basically kind of looks like the chameleon. He's just got a white, pure white face... Just like, I mean, with black little circles for eyes. Yeah, he's sort of a, like Impossible Man in which he'll turn yeah. into random shapes. He's up for shenanigans, and here he's not the... He does not come off well. No. Off. I mean, to me, he reminded me a lot, especially even like in his tone, which didn't fit quite right with these issues. He came out across a lot like the Looney Tunes cartoon, uh, Duck and Buck. He's a bit... Too much of a wacky party guy. Yeah. Starting off, and that changes later on. But uh, in his world, uh, in his world, he was sort of the rising star of the universe. He had joined the New Mutants. He became an Avenger, and then he left to rejoin the X Men. And he comes from Earth ten eighty one. Let's see. After that, we got Nocturne. Talia Josephine Wagner, or TJ. She's the daughter of Nightcrawler and the Scarlet Witch. Which means this is probably then a spinoff of the cartoon series Wolverine and the X-Men. Except for this they totally had a thing. Well, actually, this led to that, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, she comes from Earth 2182, where Wolverine is the headmaster of the school. And we see this universe a while down the line in a, a pretty interesting arc. And, yeah, she has sort of the combined powers of her parents. She has a sort of hex bolts, and she has her dad's blue skin. And prehensile tail. That can retract, because art inconsistencies get a retcon. Yep. And she's in a band called the Butt Monkeys. That's true. And her father looks even more like a pirate because at some point in time he lost his eye and is sporing the great pirate eye patch. Hey, Nightcrawler commits to the bit. He really does. And I can respect him for that. I do as well. After that we have the wonderful, terrible hairstylings of Magnus, everyone's favorite pairing of Rogue and Magneto. Remember when shipping that was a thing? Yeah, up until like... Two years ago? Well... It was continuing all the way through X-Men Legacy. It continued all the way up till Avengers vs. X-Men. It always struck me weird because I grew up with uh, Anna Paquin Rogue where she was a teenager in X-Men Evolution Rogue. So it's like you've got 60 or 70 year old Magneto and then like 20 year old Rogue. And that's outside of the creepy age gap. Half his age plus seven. Yeah. does not work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even Andrew Dwyer would know that's not a thing. Yes. And uh, Magnus is the most goth member of the team. 
He can't touch anyone or else he turns them into steel. Which he did at some point in time. To an undisclosed woman. Uh, we had this discussion earlier. I thought that he had killed his mother by turning her into steel. And no, but it's not. So yeah. I've now officially made it Marvel canon that he killed Jean Grey. Which... At least he gets to kill Agent. And he also she, he also has the freaking oh, um, white streak in his hair, too, just like Rogue does. And he's got Magneto's magnet powers, but they're advanced more, I'd say. He's able to pretty much instantly make a Cerebro machine later on. Yeah. Uh, Magnus comes from Earth-27. Up next, we've got Mimic, Calvin Rankin. Uh, basically, you might remember him. He was a member of the Brotherhood for... A- little while i know in the 616 he had like a one issue stint as a regular x-man he can basically hold at half power the powers of five different mutants kind of puts his i mean to me it kind of makes his powers a little bit similar except for i like it a little bit better than um like hopes yeah you get uh mimics is better if you're going to be traveling by yourself yes and hope you need to have a with you so mimics a one-man party and hope just amplifies the party so to speak but yeah i mean people remember him because when he originally showed up he just took the powers of the original five x-men it was a great thing that he could store five x-men i mean whose powers would you not take if you had the uh opportunity bees yeah because honestly i mean angel's wings get around yeah his agility and such so bees is the one that you don't really need and on Earth-12, where he came from, Professor X reached out to him after one of their first encounters, and Mimic accepted. Uh, he reformed, and he became the leader of the X-Men for uh, getting on to the Exiles. And last, we have John Proudstar. Uh, John Proudstar was one of the... Well, John Proudstar was the original Thunderbird, if you remember. He was the one who tried to punch a plane out of the air, and that that plan did not work, surprisingly. And here, he became the horseman of war for Apocalypse, and... yeah, He looks like a horse himself, because they... The inconsistencies of them drawing his face is just baffling. Yeah, on Earth... Uh, 1100 I guess you've got a problem with inconsistent artwork because there's differences on him like from page to page I'd kind of love to see an action figure of this guy just to see how they break him down Uh, but his anatomy is just confusing cybernetics it would just be like a blob of like what is it like orangish kind of like orangish brown yes and we in, we're introduced to all these characters as they enter into a place without time and without space, which is a big old desert, where they meet the Time Broker. He basically says, somewhere along the lines, your paths have been screwed up, which is causing a ripple effect and causing terrible things to happen in all the different multiverses. Remember uh, the show Time Squad where they talked about time yes. being like string that's constantly unwinding? These people have to rewind that string back. Because uh, in their universes, Magnus kills his mother, which makes Magneto go back to being evil. Mimic and the Brotherhood kills Senator Kelly. Morph loses his solid physical form, so he ends up in a beaker. 
Uh, Nightcrawler gets killed by Mystique. Thunderbird is still stuck as a horseman of Apocalypse. And Link is never born. So, if they do not go along with the Time Broker's plans, that stuff is going to overrun their reality. So basically, it's everyone else could just have a really crappy life, and Link just ceases to exist. Yeah. And we also learned that maybe not living at all in the Age of Apocalypse isn't the worst, because they have no coffee there. True. And that's also one of the great things that they write in, to have a character who is not familiar with our mainstays of the Marvel Universe, because yeah. she gets to be the point-of-view character, where it's like, wait... Who is uh, Professor Xavier and all that sort of fun stuff. Which I thought was a little weird. Only because I have read a little bit of Age of Apocalypse and like the whole thing is Charles get, is the one who gets murdered. Mm -hmm. So like all of Magneto's like teachings are all brought up on the based around the fact that Charles has been killed. He gets murked. By his own son. Yes. Oh, Legion. Oh, Legion. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Guiding them is the Talus, which is a wristband communicator that works with Blink's powers so they can teleport from world to world. It's basically the thing that Leela has on her arm for all of Futurama. Yes, except it's gold-colored. And their first mission on Earth 1815 is find the one who would lead us. And we're going to take a break here to talk to you about our contest. Hi kids, it's me, Luke. And this is Super Fun Devin. And we're here to talk to you about contest time! Uh, now, for all two of you who probably listened to the last episodes, but for everyone else who has now gone back through the archives, you should have jumped on board a heck of a lot sooner. Or you should go to a universe where this contest has not started yet, that way you can enter. Bam. Uh, yeah, we are going to be holding a contest to give away two copies of Identity Wars, one in handy hardcover form and the other in floppy single issues. You're giving up your entire copies of it? Yes, I'm giving up my copies of Identity Wars because I believe in this podcast. So what we ask that you do Look is... Look at that, true believers. Luke is a real American hero. Just like Cap. What our contest is going to be is be the first person to write a review of the podcast on iTunes, because that's the source for people finding new podcasts beyond Stitcher, which we are on now. And after you've written a review, take a screen cap of it and send it into us at multiversalq, that's all one word, at gmail.com. Or tweet it at us, whichever. Yep. Well, no, because email makes it easier for me getting their address. Send me a screenshot of your review, and if you are one of the first two people to do it, you get your choice of either the hardcover or the single issues, and I will mail that to you as a prize. Also, just tell your friends, write reviews, and help us to expand, because the more people we have, the more feedback we get, and the more feedback we have, theoretically, the better the show gets. Unless this podcast sucks. Oh, it doesn't suck. We're, we're learning. Yes. Hey, the Blob used to be a big challenge for the X-Men. They learned, and now he's a pushover. 
It's also because his powers got taken away and now he doesn't have his fat anymore and tried to kill himself and failed. We want us to kill ourselves. If we lose our podcast powers. Yep. But back to the story. But you can because there's too much skin. <laughs> oh. So, uh, we get to the world and it is quiet. And Magnus is like, hey, let's go shopping. With his fancy credit cards like Zisa. Where did he get them from? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, did you see the one... Because it looked like he just kind of like made them magically appear out of thin air. Did you see the uh, Space Titanic episode of Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the cruise ship just gives everyone who goes there credit cards. I mean, it's sort of explained later on that they just get some funds to get around what they need. Like, there's literally a mission later on where they have to buy a breakfast pastry. And, yeah. So Magnus has his fancy credit cards like Zisa, Canadian Express, and MasterCred. So you guys know it is a terrible world if Canada has taken over. Well, hey, maybe America's economy collapsed and the Canadian economy survived. After they break into a mall, because that's what superheroes do... To get some new clothes. And I say clothes somewhat confusedly because Nocturne ends up wearing somewhat less than she did before, which she is called out on. And what the hell was was Proud Sergeant wearing? Okay, fan theory, Nocturne and Proud Star were totally doing it. And then that's why they wanted to change clothes. But then how can she advertise her band on alternate universes? Uh, alternate social media. This is before we had social media. This was like back in like when Friendster was an actual thing and not just a reference. Oh no. What a horrible time. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, MySpace wouldn't have even been a thing. Uh, no emo kids were taking selfies. What was Magnus to do? Well... They wouldn't have been taking selfies anyways, because all of the superheroes on the world are either jailed, dead, or not born. And it's been that way for 50 years. Yeah. Because this is a super xenophobic world. And so they find out that the mission is, find your greatest teacher. And everyone is like, oh, Professor Xavier, let's go find him. I love you, Professor X. Even though he's the worst, he's the worst person. So since they know who they're looking for, Magnus makes a Cerebro. Oh no. Professor X is holding up in some crazy super jail. And they're actually able to find this because Mimic has Jean Grey's uh, psychic abilities. We didn't go over Mimic's powers because we forgot. Mimic has Angel's Wings, Wolverine's Claws, except they're metal. steel um, skin. Yep. Uh, Well... He also has Wolverine's healing factor, Cyclops' optic blasts, and Jean Grey's mind abilities. So using his powers and also Nocturne's somewhat uh, psychic abilities, it's... Which uh, does she have psychic abilities? Well, we find out later... Wanda doesn't have psychic abilities. We find out later that she has the power to also possess people. Oh. Which we see later on in the issue. Spoiler alert, someone who's only read the first two issues. Find this world's super maximum security prison where because you've pretty much killed off Reed Richards and every other super scientist, it's not ready for 
exiles. Which they kept staying, which was super confusing because it's like you still would have had most of your super genius people. Tony Stark was a man in a suit. They would just say, Tony, stop using the suit. And he would have been like, oh, okay. Hank Pym. With the Pym particles. <laughs> Doesn't have to use them. I guess that was my thing. It was like when they kept listing them, it was just like I feel like a lot of them easily could have gotten around that. But there's, yeah, there's questions. Yeah, they end up pretty easily freeing Professor Xavier, who is trapped in an inhibitor collar, which is like, where did he get the inhibitor collar? Maybe this is like Harrison Bergeron, that Kurt Vonnegut story, where like oh, everyone yeah. is just loaded with debilitators. Yeah. They free Professor Xavier, and he's like, Wait, I can read your minds. You guys think I'm going to, like, make this world better? I'm going to kill all the humans. Zap! <laughs> and everyone dies in Phoenix. No, they're comatose. <laughs> no, they are. Slash brain-dead vegetables. They may be able to come back. Yeah, either way, it is not very good. Maybe. Well, none of them are hooked up to uh, IVs. Uh, chances are, with what happens later, I... We'll, we'll discuss this later, uh, but the team gets knocked out. Professor knocks out, air quotes, uh, everyone in Phoenix, and the team, when they get up, they are not really sure what to do. Well, it's true. Well, this is when we learn also that Blink also has a healing factor, but not as good as Wolverine's, which yeah. Mimic has. And Morph is morphing into a bunch of things. Yeah, like, that's one of the sort of fun things. I mean, it's a bit random at times, but Morph is always in the background turning into different things, some of them relevant, some of them not. Yeah. Your mileage may vary. Yep. They realize, whoops, maybe we should have been listening to the one that the bracelet was talking to, which was Blink, and it's actually talking about Magneto. Yeah, that's one of those great twists, because everyone else has this really good idea of what they expect the world to, what they think the world is supposed to be, and the bracelets on the one person who does not have those same compunctions, and so uh, they go to fix that situation, and the professor, meanwhile, breaks out. I wasn't sure if he was really fat or just super I thought he was muscular. super, super, super muscular. Uh, he breaks out the juggernaut, because in this world, they've both gone through stuff, and so instead of hating each other, they're BFFs. sort of bros, yeah. And on top of that, we also get Human Torch, which means two of the three of the places we've talked about since starting this podcast, <laughs> the Human Torch is evil. Uh, we also get Domino, Chamber, and a weird Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Yeah, that was, yeah, she looked really strange in this one. Mm-hmm. While Xavier is setting up his team, the Exiles go and forge who... Like in most universes, he has issues with mutants. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be making technology that is specifically made to stop mutants. Yep. And so he tells them where to find Magneto as the evil X-Men attack the New York Stock Exchange. Marvel's just fascinated with the, with the New York Stock Exchange. Have you noticed like pictures every time like one of the Marvel movies comes out, one or two of the actors is always ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange? No. And that's like some big thing that they keep hyping up. It's just like, who cares? 
But yeah, but Marvel apparently loves their New York Stock Exchange, probably mm-hmm. because every time they do it, their Marvel stock goes up. Bling, bling, bling. Bling, bling, bling. But yeah, it's like, well, we're going to go smash all the computers at the Stock Exchange because that's how the economy works. Yay! So the team splits into two parts. Mimic, Morph, and Thunderbird show up to fight the evil X-Men with inhibitor collars, while Magnus, Blink, and Nocturne go to save Magneto. And it turns out that the super jail that Magneto is put in, which is unfortunately not super jail from the animated series super jail. Wish. It's on top of a nuclear bomb. That is set to detonate. Magnus, Cassel, Blink, and Nocturne, and the rest of the prisoners, which include the Thing, Storm, Bruce Banner, Beast. Oh, that's who that was. She-Hulk, and the Cyclops, who I thought that he was Daredevil at first because of the sunglasses, but then it's like, oh, they're red glasses, so that's probably... See, Bruce Banner was one I couldn't tell. Yeah. It was just generic white man with brown hair. Yeah, but how many generic white men with brown hair do you know? In Peter the Parker. Universe? Yeah, but he's older than Peter Parker. Yeah, Bruce Banner's never been that buff. That was what threw me. He's been working out in the prison yard. And I guess, too, as we're also saying, it is also 90s. Yeah. Where everyone was overly muscular. Yeah, or correction. End of the early 2000s, which yeah. is still 90s. Yeah, that's when you sort of have the transfer of power. Magnus just frees everyone, and then he gets caught in the blast because... Which was really confusing to me, because he keeps making these weird little red balls, which one... What is that made out Metal. of? Metal. Okay. Yeah, he just makes metal orbs and... And just to me, and he manages to contain the blast, but it's like, why didn't you just make the same metal orb that he puts around the atomic bomb, but why didn't you just stand on the outside? Because maybe he could only control the powers close up. He he sacrifices himself. And, I mean, it was good yeah. for the story. I, I'll, yeah. I mean, I'll give him that. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the team, Mimic straight up murders Charles. He's like, hey, you think that you're going to make this world a better place. I know how to start. And then he Wolverine claws him through the head. It's because Charles threw in something about blah, blah, blah. I'm your father in an alternate universe. You, you. still must worship me. <laughs> and then he basically just Tracy Morgan said that, you're not my dad. <laughs> I don't need therapy. We're going to therapy. <laughs> And therapy consists of some metal claws right into his head. Good times. Yep. And from there, Magneto resentfully takes up leadership of the now-escaped superhuman army. And we're introduced to our new team member. And Namor's there. Most importantly, bam. Look at you, Namor. Yes. Wearing pants. It is the darkest crime against Atlantis. That's why he's got the goatee. Darkest timeline. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to our new teammate, Mariko Yoshida. Sunfire. Woo. Because when one member dies, she gets replaced. Or they get replaced. And that leaves us uh, at the start of the next mission, which is from Phoenix, Arizona, to the Trial of the Phoenix, which we'll be covering in... Three weeks. Yes. It is definitely an interesting thing to try and figure out what would happen in this universe. Would you like to see it revisited? Yeah, that'd be a cool one to see. Not necessarily for like a long story arc, but I feel like it'd be kind of like a cool like flash forward, like 10, 
years in the future mm-hmm. just to see what's how it's gone. Now, the one other really th- weird thing about this was uh, the Jessica Drew, where it was like she had weird forehead feelers and. Oh yeah, yeah. Weird, yeah. yeah. I thought it was because of like the weird power dampeners for a while. I thought they were like wires that were like for some reason stuck on her head still. No, because they're like uh, spider grubby bits. Well, I mean, it was I mean, it was Jessica Drew, but it, yeah, she seemed like completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be Jessica Drew name only, but one of the neat things that you see as stories go by is unlike a lot of the what ifs, uh, here you'll have characters with very interesting differences in their costumes. Yeah, well, she didn't like have a costume. Most of them are just so like wearing like basically like, prison uniforms. Mm-hmm. I was curious what her power like I was wondering if her powers were different because they were talking about the fact that she was like blinded she couldn't smell anything or touch anything for like eight years well maybe that was the uh, sensors and they just dampened those because I mean like uh, on spiders those like fang things those are also sensors aren't they I think they are. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but like, I mean, that means to me that also meant that like they could like her eyes did not physically work. Spider powers. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like if they were like doing something like if her pheromone powers that she normally has in the six one six universe were like completely different, or if she just didn't have them at all. Yep. Yeah, I thought they were cool, but uh, there was also that scene too where I really didn't care for some of the things that Morph was doing. Yeah, Morph is. Uh... Like, I mean, I like the fact that he's, like, kind of like the screwball. I mean, he kind of has, like, now a more modern Deadpool feel to him. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, there's a couple of moments where it's, like, very out of place with, like, the rest of the tone. I mean, such as when Charles, like, invades the New York Stock Exchange, you have them explaining their position. Or Domino's talking about, like, the horrible things they did, saying that, like, the people of the world sat idly by as, like, they were experimented on, like, they were... Um, made barren so that they couldn't make any children and the ones who were pregnant basically forced abortions were put upon them and then Morph just makes some comment like oh no not these guys I bet they didn't do anything it's like they're just silly Wall Street executives and makes some joke and it was just like you were talking about some really heavy stuff not all then, humans and then yeah and then, it was like, and then just a complete 180 it reminded me uh, for everyone this will completely outdate this show but the 2015 Oscars, you had one of the acceptance speeches where this one woman was talking about how she made her film based off, like, from her experiences from her son committing suicide. And then half a second after she walks off stage, Neil Patrick Harris just makes some remark about her dress. And it was just like, whoa. It was like, you had seriousness. You need to know when the jokes are applicable. That wasn't them. Later in the fight, yeah, completely fine. But yeah. right there, it was like, Oof. Well, and then, like, when uh, Morph first shows up and meets uh, Mimic, or meets uh, Nocturne and Blink, he's hitting on them, and he's pretty sexist at the time. Yeah. And that stays for a while uh, until he gets some better definition, and there he's a much more sympathetic and well-rounded character. That's good. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to only read up to where we are so I don't know anything in the yeah. future. Meanwhile, I've read the entire series, like, a few times. There's a couple other things they just did that were just kind of, like, weird and random. And just, like, it seemed, like, so ADD. Like, he just, like, magically turned into, like, Tarzan at one point in time, swinging around. It's like, how are you helping the team at all? 
There's a couple times where Proud Star was just like yelling, I'm just like, Proud Star, please just end him. <laughs> oh, Proud Star, you are. Crunch. Yeah. Turn him into that gelatinous goo that he is there. <laughs> in the future. Yeah, darkest morph timeline. So are you excited to read more Exiles? Are you interested to read more in the future? Yeah, no, that seemed pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed some of the characters a lot. I mean, I really liked um, Mimic, was I thought a really cool character. Nocturne was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Proud Star, more of like a take or leave. Blink, That's I, the Proud Star way. Yeah, Bl- Blink I liked as well. Mm-hmm. And Magnus Unhappiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, next time you'll get to see the team get a bit more definition, you'll be introduced to Mariko, which is great because, I mean, you've read classic X-Men, you know about yeah. Mariko, and then they're tossing all of these X-Men alums into the Trial of the Phoenix, which has some great moments in it. That's good. I yes. enjoyed I mean, I really enjoyed the original Trial yeah. of the Phoenix. I, I'd actually read The Trial of the Phoenix before, or I had read this Exile story before reading the actual Trial of the Phoenix. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a totally different experience. But yeah. That is for the next time. Now, it is time for our listener question segment. And if someone wants to send us a listener question, where do they go? They go to Twitter and find us at, at MultiversalQ. Or send us an email at MultiversalQ at gmail.com. Either way is fine, but we like getting emails and messages and tweets. This one comes from Universal Constant, Romcom Your Mom, who writes, What were some of the uh, universes and exiles that should have been that never were? And Devin, you know some of my ideas because for a while we were running, I was running a exiles role-playing game campaign. Well, we did have the fantastic world where we were trying to save the Punisher by getting him to actually become the Punisher. If I recall correctly, that was the storyline? Uh, yes, it was Make the World's Greatest Hero. And um, yeah, we were trying to do to get him to become the Punisher. I was actually, oh, I was my favorite character for that one, where I was Wanda Maximoff, who was the child of Doctor Doom. Which just made her basically an unstoppable badass. But anyway, we were trying to put his family into greater and greater danger to kind of push Frank Castle over the edge. We pretended to be the Mafia, get him all super pissed. And we had Captain America, who basically had Green Lantern-type powers with the ring. And we tried to be like, oh, we're going to put this evil ball around your family. We've got them trapped. you got to get them. And we kept fighting the Punisher more and more. He's starting to crack a little bit, but we still don't really seem to know how to do it. And we forgot to put air holes into the container that we put his family in, and they all suffocated and died. (laughs) And then it turns out that this Punisher, uh, because of some differences in the war, uh, had been at a nuclear testing site. So he becomes the Punish Hulk. Yep. And he swears revenge on all superheroes for killing his family because you have a guy who looks like Captain America and all these other superheroes who brutally murder his family in front of him. Well, the Punisher, who was actually on the team, who came from a universe where he was the Sorcerer Supreme, just freaks out mostly. Yeah, we kind of screwed up (laughs) real bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My personal favorite universe was the one that we ended up 
where Batroc gained the powers of Ghost Rider and became Batroc the Ghost Leaper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one Screw where... Screw that guy. <laughs> uh, where he beat the team. Uh, those were our top two, but we'll stop there for now because all other ones are maybe questions for later times. Yep. We also have a submission for our new segment, Trials of the Multiverse. And now here we're going to start off uh, discussing the universe where uh, this story took place, which is 1815. And I am pulling up our list right now. Currently on our list of both universes in the number one spot, we have Identity Wars. And in our number two spot, we have What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four. Where would you say Earth 1815 goes? Um, that's a good question. Definitely above what if number one. Well, you it's... love me some Identity Wars. But... I'm trying to think if I give it to this one or not. No, I'm still going to try Identity Wars. Uh, I, I... I like the twist. Yeah... But I, I do love a world where Namor is aquatic Ron Swanson. I'd give this a third pole position. Really? Okay. And then since we lost uh, one member of the team, let's add them on to this. We have uh, the world where Magneto and Rogue got it on and had a super emo kid. Yep. Where would you put this on the track? Last. <laughs> no one wanted that. His son was a waste of space. Obviously, when I commuted it too, because it killed him off in the first story arc. Oh. And then, uh, submitted from our readers, we have a few. If you want to submit, if you want to submit to us, all you have to do is Twitter that at us or email us. And we are going to discuss. We are going to add on the microverse. Did someone ask for that? Yeah, uh, Sean Nola. Uh, Two people actually cared about something we did? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Sean Nola it's submitted microverse. microverse. There's like a thousand microverses. Yeah, there is a multiverse of microverses. Oh, yeah. So would you consider the, multi or the microverse its own multiverse, or would you just consider it part of the multiverse itself? Well, that's the question there, though. I mean, because mm -hmm. you have, like, I mean, the ones that, like, uh, Franklin Richards can create his own little pocket universe. Well, I, I think he meant the Micronauts microverse. Oh, oh, okay. I thought he meant, like, the microverses of, like, all the different worlds, like... No. Because if that's the case, that's, like, infinite times infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh... Is that the great one from Minimum Carnage? That was a great microverse. Well, the... So the Micronauts microverse... I've only read the X-Men Micronauts crossover, which is super dark. I haven't even read that. Uh, yeah. All, uh, neither of us really know a lot about that, so unfortunately we can't answer. So we're not going to talk about the microverse I want to talk about. We're going to talk about the microverse from the Carnage story arc, Minimum Carnage. It was pretty sweet. Basically, Carnage and Agent Venom get shrunk down into microverse size... And there's a huge battle, classic carnage ensues, but Agent Flash Thompson still wins the day. The end. Okay, and on our list, where would you put this? I, w I mean, personally, I would stick it in between What If and the one we just covered in Exiles. Okay, so it will go in between, or go after 
of what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Minimum Carnage Microverse. Microverse. So now that uh, Magneto is free, what do you think is going to happen in this universe? Well, I don't know. Well, here's the big thing. It's one of my things that I did love is when they were just completely just crapping all over their technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. Because, I mean, they easily hacked into, like, one or a couple of the things that they needed because there's no security because Tony Stark didn't design it for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things is I think this could be, like, a really nice thing because you have... I mean, one of the big things with the 616 is always kind of, like, the contention between like, the Avengers and the X-Men is, even though they're both super-powered beings... The X-Men are always... They're always the treated on, like, crap. Mm-hmm. But now both of them were treated so horribly, I feel like there'd be, like... I feel like there'd be, like, no difference between the two of them now. Do you think Magneto's going to make an asteroid aim for them? No, I... From after this, no, because I feel like it would kind of be, like, both the whole... Around, like, Uncanny X-Men number 200, where he becomes the leader of the team when Charles leaves. I feel like it's going to be like that. I feel like he's going to try to follow, like, the original Charles's dream hmm. of, like, a peaceful cohabitation. But now, I mean, you have people, I mean, like, the Hulk was now back. Obviously, we saw the thing. There's a couple other people we saw at the end. I mean, Silver Surfer, it looked like, was there. And I think maybe even Reed and Sue. Obviously, I mean, we can just have them continue, but I feel like there would be, like, a complete, like, uniformity between all superpowered beings. Well, I think you would get the divide of the classic Magneto versus the X-Men, where some of those heroes are definitely going to be like, Charles was right, we should kill all these humans, and Magneto is going to be the voice of reason. Where well, the way they were talking hate. at the end, I feel like it was all, like, the ones that were good, the ones that were heroes, or the ones that were locked up in the prison that was going to have the atomic bomb set off. Hmm. It seemed like all the villains were housed wherever the hell Charles busted them all out of. Uh, juggernaut prison. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it was even just, it was with the captions. They just kept saying, when they kept flashing to them, they kept saying, heroes, heroes, heroes. So I feel like those are not the good, they're still the good people who will try to work past that. The one thing that, that I couldn't figure out is, how in the world, without like some of this, all these heroes and technology, it was just like, how did you stop some of like, the big supervillains? Other day, like one, who the heck stopped Galactus? Well, maybe Galactus didn't come to this world because he didn't sense as much energy. Well, that could be there. The biggest one is how did Doctor Doom not? It's it's the trump card of all trump cards. What? How did you stop Doctor? Because Doctor Doom just would have been like, no, <laughs> you're dead. Well, we are only seeing this from mostly North America, so maybe Latveria is this wonderful kingdom where. Doom's You're dead. You're dead. No, wonderful kingdom. Why? Why, Victor? Oh, Victor. We'll see you next time for the what if that introduces Devin's favorite team. The Agents of Atlas in What If the Avengers were created in the 1950s. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. At least in this universe.